Before we start, Strange Circle is a narrative podcast, best listened to in sequential order. So if this is your first time, why not go back to episode one? Enjoy the show. Friday, the 5th of April. Evening. I've seen the man again, I think. It was just a glimpse, as I stood at a coffee bar in Waterloo Station. I sensed, rather than saw, his tall figure peering at me from behind a brick pillar. By the time I turned, he had vanished. Mum said I should call the police, and she sounded serious, like she did when Dad refused to go to the hospital with his chest pains. There is no stopping her when she gets like that. I said I would phone them, but I have no idea what I will say to them. I haven't even seen his face. Sunday the 7th of April. Afternoon. Have spent the day lazing on the sofa, watching Netflix. Rang the police yesterday, just to get Mum off my back, really. Said to them that I kept seeing the same man wherever I go. When the officer realised I couldn't describe him, he started on about personal safety and self-defence. It was clear that he thought I was imagining it. I didn't sleep very well, so I'm relaxing today. Sunday evening. I've been thinking about my phone call to the police. Is it possible I've been imagining the man? Each time I've seen him, it's been only for a fraction of a second, and each time he has looked like a tall, dark man-shape. Big, not slender. Wide shoulders. That's about it. Could I be simply seeing a different man each time and my mind is being paranoid? People who are just stood there, minding their own business. But I'm dragging them into my crazy brain. Next time, I will have to find out. Wednesday, the 10th of April. Evening. I saw him again. I was getting off the train at Mortlake Station as usual. I began to walk towards my house, and just past the brewery there was a car parked in a side road. I glanced at it as I walked over the road. It was blue, quite a large car, and there was someone sitting in the driver's seat looking at me. I was so shocked when I realised. I turned to face the way I was going and continued to walk over the road. I tried to be calm, even though the blood pounded in my ears. It was just a moment, but he had been sitting there staring at me. I could see those eyes clearly in my head. I sped walked back to my house. When I was safely behind a locked door, I tried to calm down. I couldn't. 
I kept twitching the curtain to see what was outside. Ten minutes later, a large blue car turned onto my street and parked. It was a few doors down, on the opposite side from me. It stayed there for half an hour, and then left, without anyone getting in or out. I don't suppose I will sleep again tonight. Trumpeting, they walk to the grave, remembering everything. Even John, the Tuppence Man. Verily, shall your deeds of the past eat into your thoughts. Silently, you mull them over. Thursday, 11th of April. I didn't sleep. I ended up on the phone to Mum. She told me to phone the police again and I'd just done that. He sounded disappointed that I didn't get the car's registration number, but I was pleased that he opened an incident report. He explained that they took this kind of thing very seriously. Since I didn't know this person, they're going to increase patrols down my road and keep a lookout. It should have made me feel a little better. All day at work, I felt like I was being watched. My imagination has taken control. I thought I saw him everywhere. After work, I walked a different way home, over the green, which I don't like to do in the dark. But it was only dusk, so it felt kind of okay. I kept looking off to where the road was, but I couldn't see the turning where the car had been. I think I ran the length of my street when I turned onto it. It's all a bit of a blur. My slight worry had magnified into a full-scale paranoia. I only calmed down after I was behind a locked front door. I can't believe that I got myself into such a state. I'm drinking wine now. Friday the 12th of April. Hungover. Taken the day off work. Saturday the 13th of April. I woke up in a sweat. I think I had a nightmare. I can't remember it, though. I've been in a strange mood all morning, sat by the window. Seen a few police cars drive past, that's good. I'm in a state. I daren't call Mum. She will just moan at me and say I'm being ridiculous. Am I being ridiculous? Eleven, seventeen, seventy, six, six, ninety-two, twelve, one, 
15. 9, 3, 50. 5, 1, 194. The first time I saw her was on a train. It was the usual crowded nonsense that is London public transport during the rush hour. I'd managed to find a seat by being early. She pushed herself onto the carriage just before the train left. There were a few annoyed stares thrown in her direction, but she stoically stood her ground as the doors closed behind her head. I was looking towards those doors as she appeared. It was like a switch had flicked inside me. The song bled out at full volume between my ears. She was my next dancing partner. I watched her out of the corner of my eye during the journey. She had wavy brown hair pulled back into a ponytail. Large eyes made her look friendly and open. She wore a smart pencil skirt with a white blazer. A professional. No ring on her finger which simplified matters. I put her in her early thirties. Instead of continuing on to my station, I got off when she did. I followed her until I knew where she lived, my feet unconsciously in time with the beat of the song. She never knew I was there. I will begin my normal routine of information gathering now. Follow her to work. Find out all about that. Trawl through the internet to see what was on there. Make a new account and friend her on Facebook. It doesn't always work, but you would be surprised by the number of people who are desperate to collect friends and leave so much of their personal details on display. It's like they want me to follow them. I am happy to oblige. In local news, police were called to a flat in Surbiton earlier today. The body of Jack Simmons, 34, was found there by his landlord. A police spokesman confirmed that foul play is suspected and encourages anyone with information to contact Crime Stoppers immediately. I follow her to work. It's the third time I have done this. I have to check her routines, learn as much as I can about her, so as not to make a mistake. Her train goes to Waterloo, and she always gets a coffee at the stand just above the Jubilee line. I lurk behind a pillar, 
watching as she orders a flat white with an extra shot. She turns quickly and I duck out of the way. She works at an accounting firm near to Baker Street, so the rest of her journey is underground. I hate the tube. I break one of my cardinal rules and follow her down the gunmetal tubes until we are hundreds of feet beneath the surface. The song is deadened down here. I don't know why. In its place, I can sense the otherness of these tunnels. Standing on the platform, the black gaze of the tunnel mouth watches me through the protective barrier. There are things down here. Monsters. Other monsters. I am in a different carriage to her. For this brief fifteen minutes, I can hardly hear the song, and she leaves my mind. I concentrate only on my breathing as I fight the dread of being here in the depths. When the doors open at Baker Street Station, I rush off the carriage. I chose it so I would be by the exit corridor, so manage to get to the surface before her. I wait behind the statue of Sherlock Holmes for her to appear. It is only when I see her again that the song returns. Take your name and address, please. Oh, it's And your phone number. And is the dead body at that address, sir? What? No. Is it one of my properties? I'm the landlord. Okay, just letting you know that the police have been alerted. Can you tell me the address? Oh, God. It's horrible. Please try to stay calm, sir. Are you in any danger there? No, it's just the body. I think the heating's on. It's in the bathtub, but it's... It's almost gone. And uh, what do you mean gone, sir? It's just a skeleton. Except with stuff hanging off the bones. Oh, shall I turn off the heat? No, no. Please, don't touch anything. The police will be there soon. And the smell! I am waiting for her, in my car. If I have her routine correctly, she will appear at the mouth of this junction in a moment. 
I realize I am holding my breath. She appears and looks to her right, straight at my car, straight at me. I feel a jolt as her gaze penetrates the windscreen. She turns away almost immediately, but I know that she locked eyes with me. She's walked past the junction now, out of my sight, before I overcome the shock. What mistake had I made? Had I parked too close to where she was going to walk? I am angry at myself. It is five minutes later when the car horn sounds that I realize I've been hitting my head against the steering wheel. I stop. I try to calm my breathing. I am filled with questions about her. How much had she seen? How much did she know about me? Without really considering the implications, I start the car and drive off towards her house. I am speeding. I am putting myself at risk. I turn onto her street and slow down, looking for a place to park. I settle for one just up from her house. I sit and seethe at myself. What is it that I am expecting to do? What is it that I think she might do? I stare at her house, looking for the slightest sign of movement. I see nothing, though she has nets at her windows which I can't see through. I sit and seethe, and sit and seethe, not sure how much time passes. Then I realize she can probably identify my car. I don't sit there anymore. Hi there, this is Al Ashworth, creator of the Strange Circle podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and invite you to visit the Strange Circle website for more facts, stories and clues. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would be very grateful if you could rate and review, especially on iTunes. If you're feeling generous, please sponsor me on Patreon. This podcast is a labour of love and any help you can give is gratefully received. You can find all the information at pod.strangecircle.org. Thanks for listening.
no secret be too wide I'd cross the great divide Just to be at your side My darling Distance cannot keep us apart I'll follow you Sheltered by the love in my heart I'll see it through Wherever you may be You can depend on me Until eternity I'll follow you No secret be too wide I'd cross the great divide Just to be at your side, my darling Distance cannot keep us apart I'll follow you Sheltered by the love in my heart I'll see it through Wherever you may be You can depend on me Until eternity I'll follow you.